I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. And I'm Sean Hughes. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Sunderland 2, Wigan Athletic 1. First half, typical away, away game from us. Charlie White, what a fantastic strike at that well. What a break as well. All for the uh, ex-Sunderland players as well, weren't it, involved? Power through to Broadhead and then to McLean and crossed it across for Charlie. Broadhead's was a lovely little touch, wasn't it? Lovely little touch in midfield and then pass it off to James McLean. It was written in the stars, wasn't it? But obviously it wasn't. I'll tell you what I like to wear that goal. It was different to how we play for 70 to 80% of the time. It was fast. It was precise. The ball got to McLean out wide. He hit it first time as well. There was no stopping it or carrying it. He hit it into the centre. Charlie White struck the ball first time. It was a break at pace, which is something that we don't tend to do. I thought it was a very, very good goal, a real breakaway goal, a real away goal. That's how we play best, I think, that, Barry. That fast attacking move. Forget the lumping it up. If we're playing like that, you know, we, we can compete with the best of them. But it's just frustrating that we can't can't seem to manage it for uh, a full game. Before the game, when we spoke to Gavin from the Roca report last week, he was talking about how wonderful Sunderland are playing the little triangles and that. And which they did. They played little triangles, but they didn't get anywhere because we, we had that back, back line. We had it sorted. They had a couple of chances, but they were from distance and, and they were way off target because they were being rushed. And in that first half, I thought it was typical Wigan Athletic like we played at Birmingham, like we played at Luton, Huddersfield, etc., etc. I thought it was, in our way, we was in control of the game. And when we went a goal up, I didn't see Sunderland coming back, to be honest with you, because they, they don't score goals, do they? They've not been scoring no. goals. But one thing that happened in that first half, Charlie White was over on the left-hand touchline, Elliot Embleton come flying in and nearly snapped his ankle with a, what was, undoubtedly, a red card challenge. I've seen the clips on that and it, it looks... When you look look at it back on it, it looks like a red card challenge. All day long, yeah. all day long. Uh, and then Embleton, of course, gets the equaliser. It changes the direction of the game, doesn't it? It's, it's one of them, again, written in the stars. Only this time it was written in the stars. I've seen the same clip. I think the only mitigation you've got is that he's gone in with one foot. Like you say, he could have snapped his bloody ankle. Dangerous. Caught in square on the ankle with his studs up. It's a red card. There's no two ways about it. It's a red card. It's our mate again, Keith Stroud. In 16 games now, we've won three that he's been refereeing in. That says something, doesn't it? And he's a fussy referee. I'm going to jump straight to that goal by Sirkin now, the last goal, because he awarded Sunderland. By the way, I'm not decrying the fact that we should have got something from the game, because the second half performance, I don't think we should. But these little things, it gave them a, a free kick for, for what was hardly anything, hardly any contact. And then the fussiest referee in the EFL allows them to take it from the wrong place and quickly. I think the only devil's advocate on that, Barry, is we, we actually kicked it away. You know, we kicked it towards the touchline, one of our players. I, I know you can say drag it back, but it was was as who actually kicked it away. Yeah, well, I think we should have booted it upfield yeah. like other teams. Yeah, do. yeah, booted upfield. Yeah. But the two, the two kicked quick. They let them do it. We got undone there again with the ball to the back post. Them deep crosses, I've seen, I, sometimes we seem to get caught out with those, don't we? You know, the deep cross to the back post, and, and that was one of them occasions. 
Am I clutching at straws with all this? I, th- I think of it with that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to be honest. I thought second half yesterday was, we, we were quite poor. But then again, we still had chances, didn't we? We still created chances. I thought Wilkin you know, was unlucky. Broadhead again. McGuinness later on in the game had, had a chance and he, he pushed it wide. Keane's header, if you remember that header near post. Yeah. O- over the top. We still had chances. I'm still quite pleased where we are in the table. We got done 2-1. It's not a demolition. I think Sunderland are turning into our bogey team, aren't they? That's the last four games now we've lost against Sunderland. So what did you think of, of the way we lined up yesterday? We went same team and formation as Tuesday. For me, it was the right thing to do. I, I said you, could, you couldn't go wrong. I mean, I think if anybody would have complained if we had to kept the same team, as long as Charlie were fit, keep the same team, we would have complained if it were changed and we lost. So he's stuck with the same team now whether they can do that every three days and keep up the same you know the, the same intensity obviously we can't you know so because they seem to revert to the uh, the long ball type in the second half with when Josh comes on who can play football but we seem to play to him just bouncing off his head you know like, like with that game a couple of weeks ago where he crossed it in for Charlie. You don't need to bounce it off his head. He can play he can play football. What well, one of the question marks I suppose will be about team selection. Tell Asgard. No, I know he had a he had a couple of starts. For me, he faded a little bit. He's still only a kid, we've got to remember this. But he came on yesterday, I think fifteen minutes, twenty minutes or so, and I thought he injected a little bit of quality in, into the side. He does, he always does. He, he always a chance of something happening when uh, Tello comes on. So So the question is, we're at home on, on, on uh, Wednesday, would you would you start him? As, did he do enough in that little cameo at the end, though? I mean, he put a great ball in from the left-hand side with his right foot. It's a great ball in for Broadhead. Would you start him on Wednesday? Does he do enough? I would give him 35 minutes, something a bit longer than he is giving him, you know, to to get him chance to run at defences. What I would do, I would either, whether you're going to throw Cousins in or not, or Shinny, but I think just freshen up the midfield a bit. Shinny, for me, maybe. I, I quite like him. I, I think when you talk about freshening up the middle, uh, maybe you freshen up the attack a little bit by throwing out guard on from the start. As we see the, the team evolve and change, I think Nathan Broadhead's starting to nail down a position, isn't he? Particularly working with Charlie White up top. Yeah, it'd be interesting once Langy's back. Uh, the only thing with Broadhead for me is uh, defensively. He's not very good. You've got to be honest, he isn't very good defensively. So when he's coming back, he doesn't re- even get a challenge in. So that's the only thing. I think his quality on the ball is really good going forward. When he has an attempt, it usually it's the target. And he's, he's got two goals already. So he's got a bit of pace as well. So the only thing for me with Broadhead would be that. As for Shinny, I think Shinny's an excellent player. He's left-footed, so he's naturally good on that left-hand side. But it depends how we're going to play. If we're going to play with two defensive midfielders, like we are, are doing with Powerham and uh, Naylor, I don't think Shinny is the player for that role at all. So if we're, if we're setting up like that, then you can't, for me, you can't put Shinny in. And that's where Naylor comes in, or, or Cousins. I mean, that that's all just opinions, isn't it, anyway? A quick mention of the stats. With 40% possession, Sunderland had eight attempts with just three on target. We had eight with just the one on target. Corners, Sunderland had one. We had five. Sunderland committed, according to Keith Strode, seven fouls. According to Keith Strode, again, we committed 15. There were two yellows, Tilt and Keane for the Latics. Three for Sunderland, and the attendance of 37,060 with over 1,100 travelling up from the Latics. And I think that's a, a fantastic effort again for the travellers. And I think your dad was there, weren't you, Sean? Yeah, he was there. He's, he's 84. He's done every game this season. 
and he's just got his QPR tickets. He's got a he's got a sore knee, and he just keeps going. <laughs> but uh, Roy Hodgson, he's uh, he's, he's uh, giving us a bit of support from the uh, from the stands. The man of the match, as voted for by podcast listeners, both on Facebook and Twitter, Jack Watmore, once again. I, I thought he had a, a superb game, if I'm being honest. Class at the back. I think we'll possibly be lucky to keep hold of him next summer. I think the uh, the big lads will be coming and sniffing about. Standout performer this year, I think, Jack Watmore. He's uh, solid at the back. One or two mistakes he's made, I think, but he's, he's got a lot to do. And uh, I think he's, he's a great player, though. Do you think he's better in a two or a three? Or does it not matter? I don't think it matters. But I was going to say, dare I say it, it, re- it reminds me of Harry Maguire when he was in our team. <laughs> he looked too good to be in that team at that level. And obviously, Mag- He's had his ups and downs since, but it's that sort of thing. Just looks class above what's around him. I think you're right. I think we might struggle to keep hold of him. You never know, do you? You never know. We might have a bit of investment ourselves next summer because I think there's a few will probably be coming out of contract. We'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully, was well. I say hopefully. I'm sure we'll still be in the championship. Something to look forward to. And talking of looking forward, I had a chat with Johnny Bullock from the Borough Breakdown podcast this morning. That means that we're playing Middlesbrough on Wednesday, so we'll just have a little listen to how that went. On Wednesday, we're back at the DW Stadium. I'm pleased to say Johnny, Middlesbrough fan, is joining us to talk all about the borough. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. How are you doing? Fine. It's sunshine in Wigan today. Right, let's get straight into it. Let's get straight into it. I'm very disappointed in Middlesbrough because at the start of the season, I tip you for promotion. You've got a great manager. You nearly made the playoffs last season. He was unlucky not to do. What's gone wrong? I think I feel. Yeah, like, look at the start of the season. I think everyone was pitching us for, uh, um, you know, playoffs up there. Myself, yep, sixth, fifth or sixth, I thought. Good manager. And we had a mass. We played Marseille the week before. And we were really good. Like, I was like, yeah, this is it. This We could be doing some bits this year. We saw Tav. Tav was probably key to our system. And midfield came from our best part of the field to probably the worst. And then as the season went on, it was kind of like, we should have killed games off. We didn't, got punished for it. And you're like, oh, it's going to click. You know, we're really good in some moments and then like individual errors in the other. We played Sunderland, we beat them. And you know, we were good on the night. We weren't perfect, but we were good enough. And then ever since then, we were ap- we've were we been absolutely horrendous. Wilder got sacked. We'll probably come on to that, but rightly so. And we've just fell apart, really. It looks, it looks like a team that is just so low on confidence. The psychology of the players seems a bit off. And it's just... It's, we've kind of ruined everyone's coupon. So it's... Um, firstly, apologies for that. But secondly, it's just, I think it's just one of those things. But I don't think we're too far away from, from getting things right again. You've got three wins. I think it's the defeats that's that's been doing you. You've seven defeats so far. You mentioned there about you're not too far away. There's only one game what's not been decided by the odd goal, and that was your defeat at, at Millwall. I agree there that you're not too far away, but it, it must be the defeats that are killing you. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it, it, defeats like that can only knock confidence and it, it increases like fan disgruntlement. And as you probably know, like as soon as defeats start to happen, everything's the problem and you'll never have an answer for anything. And the, with, with us, like all of the data suggests, like, you know, looking at XG, expected points, all that kind of stuff, we should be about fourth or fifth. It's just been key moments in games where we'll make just so sloppy errors. I think Stoke always comes to mind for me. We were absolutely cruising. Um, they they scored the first goal. Should have been a foul, and it's been kind of proved that it should have been scored two. 
cruising, and then last kick of the game just switched off, split second, split second, stall kick the lies, and you just think, oh, defeat, here we go again. And I think that's just that that's carry through from the supporters to the players. It's just been a bit of a frustrating atmosphere, I think. And yeah, you said like we're not far away. I don't think we are either. Ideally, it depends who we bring in, though, is going to probably dictate how far we are away and how quick it's going to be resolved. Wilder, highly respected manager, highly regarded. Were you right to get rid of? Should you have given him more time? He had to probably leave. When he was appointed, it was an exceptional appointment and we were brilliant. We, we were out, out, like, I'm not shitting you, outstanding. And it's probably one of the best I've seen a Borough team play in a while. You know, beating Spurs, going on an FA Cup run, beating Manchester United, going from like 17th to just missing out on the playoffs when we should have got there. And around April time, there was this link to Burnley. From from now what we know that he was going for that job. Gibson was going to sack him and then he told all the papers that he was going to sack him, then didn't. He somehow pleaded for his job and, and kept it. And then since then, we've won 3-15 and 15 until he got sacked. There was another link with Bournemouth, from what I know, from, from speaking to a couple of journalists, he was actively applying for that job. And it was kind of like right, something's not right here. False promises, I think disgruntlement between players. And I feel like with those type of things, I think a manager sometimes has to leave if you are not being loyal to a football club. I think you've got to pretty much go. And who next? I want Rob Edwards personally, because I think he's like a really good development coach and he'll fit for his system of bringing young players through and also being part of the project of having the head of football in and having like a clear path from, from... Academy all the way through. But names in the heart, Michael Carrick was mentioned, Lee Catamall, who is currently our under-18s coach, and he's not even been given the interim manager's role, but he's somehow one of the favourites to get the permanent spot with Steve Agnew, who Steve Agnew was at Newcastle and West Brom, won 27% of games from Newcastle and West Brom out of like 130 games. I think it's like 36 wins. It's just frustrating. Like the, the names in the heart is frustrating, but I think... Rob Edwards is probably, is probably my man, but whether we, we get him is a, a different thing. And who knows with Borough, to be honest. If it's if it's Lee Catamore, I think that's kind of me done for the season, I think. <laughs> I don't want to say that. <laughs> really don't want to say that. You're talking to Rob Edwards, though, and how, how he's worked and he likes bringing young players through. And uh, You signed two young lads in summer, didn't you, for a big fee? Have they made any appearances? I know Wilder at the time said they were for the development squad, which was a bit eyebrow-raising. Matthew Hoppy. I understand because young lad, twenty-one year olds come from Mallorca, and like he's still a USA international, so he's not like a, it's not like flash in the pan. He's not terrible, like, but he was kind of regarded as a development player. And, and to be honest, when I've watched him, yeah, I think he just needs a couple more months to kind of understand English way of playing, how we play, and, and bringing a manager in will help him develop quicker. The second one who was regarded that was Marcus Force, who was being at Brentford for a few seasons. Substitute appearances. He scored the goal, to, I think, to take him to the playoff final. We're making Premier League appearances, but then he's somehow regarded as a development player. I, I don't think so, to be honest. I think it was just a case of manager throwing his dummy out and saying that this is not the striker I wanted. And so he's now going to be a point of development player and not really play too much. But he's a, he's a talented boy, like a really talented boy. And I hope we see more of him. He's a really good poach in the box. And it's just fingers crossed he does start to get more of his chance in the in the coming weeks. Talking of your players, Chubba Rackpom, 
three goals in eight games. Uh, it's a good return that, and he's been around a lot. He knows he knows the championship, doesn't he? It should have been four and eight yesterday if you haven't seen it. It's not one yard out, and he still misses, which would have took us to a draw probably. But yeah, he's he came from up the calls. He was uh, away in in Greece last year and just out of favour from the club really, and that came from Warnock. He just fell out of Warnock and. A lot of players tend to fall out of Warwick anyway. Uh, and he's he's came back and been really, really good. Some which just surprised a lot of people. You know, he's got talent, the boy, and it's good to see him do well now. And him for him to partner with maybe Rodrigo Muniz would be is is probably the way to go. Um, but Duncan Watmore's been kind of occupying that spot at the moment. So yeah, he's he's a talented boy. he's just came back from injury, so I'm hoping he, he does start on, on Wednesday night against Hewlett. You just mentioned uh, Nunes and what more. Who, who should we be looking out for on Wednesday? You know, who, who's the talented lads that can uh, do, do some damage? Rodrigo Nunes is the the striker out the two. Duncan Watmore is like a whippet. Like, he'll just sprint for like 50, 60 minutes, get really tired, and then he'll have to come off. But in terms of like other players to, to probably look out for, Anthony Dykesteel is my probably favourite Borough player at the moment, right centre-back. He's progressive, likes to bring the ball through, gives protection to Isaiah Jones on the right-hand side. Ryan Giles is the pick to definitely look out for. Left winger, um, he's got three or, three or four assists this season. His left peg is is beautiful. Like, it really is. You'll probably say, Barry, you go, oh, he's got a good left foot in. It's a good little whip across the box and he came on, came from, on loan from Wolves this season and he's he's hit the ground running really. Been a bit quiet last couple of games, but hopefully he comes back to form um, on Wednesday night. But yeah, I would say Dyke Steele for the, the back, then the left winger of, of Giles and you've got Moonis up top who is, is a really good player. Um, and then last year, Zaya Jones got a lot of the... the a lot of the media attention probably because we, you know, we sent Jed Spencer on loan to, to Nottingham Forest and obviously he's progressed to, to Spurs now. But Jones took that spot from Spence and he's he was really good, but he's had a little bit more of a quieter season this year. Uh, but yeah, probably those are the three or four players I, I'd definitely look out for on Wednesday night. Before we move on to Wednesday night, every time I speak to somebody from Middlesbrough, there's one thing I've got to mention. It's my favourite delicacy from up your uh, neck of the woods. The parmore. Yeah, the chicken parmore, now served with defibrillator it, everywhere because uh, it's probably that many calories and heart attack in a box. I want to know where I can go and get the finest parmore. There's a restaurant called Central Park who do uh, a, a good a good parmore. You're probably about a 20, 30 minute walk from the ground, to be honest, from there. There's some good takeaway parmores. Like, I'm, like, I'm just outside of Millsborough in a town called Billingham and uh, there's a place called Billy Town Pizza and honestly, God, the parmore is just... Unbelievable! Like, I mean, you're in a coma for about two weeks, but it is worth. And probably, I'm getting probably get like a heartburn or something for like maybe a few hours, but it's it's worth every penny. And then there's like a pizza shop called Abby's Pizza, where they used to do like a palm on a bun, chips, and a kind of cork for like four fifty or something. So it's right near the ground navigation in. Your away form's not been the best, has it? You just got one point from eighteen, so six games with just one draw. The rest defeats. We've not been that good at home, but having said that, we were very, very good against Blackburn in our last home game and we got our first yeah. first home win of the season. How do you see it going and what, what's your score prediction? Well, now you said that, I feel like Borough win nailed on, isn't it? Uh, we haven't won, you guys have struggled, but you had a really good performance, so it means like Borough win now, surely, doesn't it? I think we kind of have to win. Uh, so, I think it's got, honestly though, I think it's going to be a really, really tough game, like really tough. 
I think what Lee Richardson's done at your place has just been sensational over like, the last couple of seasons. Uh, well, last season in a, in a bit. So I'd take a draw. Honestly, I'd take a draw. I really would take a draw. I'd probably go one all if that's all right with you. If you're happy with one all draw, I'll take a one all draw. A point's a point, Johnny. A point's a point. <laughs> take anything at the minute. I'll take yeah. anything. Well, Johnny, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon on the Progress with Unity podcast. Before you do leave us, can you tell us where people can grab all of your podcast and uh, when, when the preview of Wednesday will be out? We do a weekly podcast on a Sunday, um, which is out probably, if we're if we come out today, today. And our preview show will be out with that. And you can find us on YouTube, all of the podcast providers, just search for the Borough Breakdown podcast and you'll find us there. And on social media, it's just Borough underscore Breakdown and you'll, and you'll find us. Right, yeah. cheers, Johnny. Thank you very much and uh, good luck for the rest of the season, by the way. You too, Barry. Speak to you soon, mate. I've got to say thank you very much, Johnny, for that interview. A really good guy. The old gallows humour as well around how Borough have started the season. I think they were everybody's favourite. I know they were my favourite. Put them in my uh, three for going up. Thought under Wilder they were going to do it. They had a good good squad. You mentioned Tav there, Tavernier, who they, they sold in the transfer window. I think he's been a massive, massive loss for them. Uh, it sounds like there's been a bit of trouble behind the scenes as well with Borough. Maybe Steve Gibson isn't... I'm also getting bored with it, but not as enthusiastic as he, as he once were. Been there long enough, hasn't he, as a chairman? He's been there a hell of a long time. Like you say, it was it is gallows humour, because when you go in as favourites, and then suddenly you're right down... I mean, we, we've done that with a championship season, didn't we, under Uwe? Went in as one of the favourites, and then suddenly we were at the bottom and struggling. It just goes from bad to worse, doesn't it? Yeah, when I was talking to him, Paul, he just reminded me that, what you said, the, of, of how this season is starting to pan out for Borough, of our time under under Uwe Rosler, because when he first came in, we got that that kick, that new manager bounce, and we were brilliant. We had a good cup run, got to the semis, of course, got to the playoffs, and they had a similar sort of thing, just missed out on the playoffs. And then the new season comes in, recruitment. I don't think they've recruited well this summer. He reckoned the writing was on the wall anyway from last season when uh, he was applying for Premier League jobs. So... That's something else. You can't do that when you're a manager of a club, can you? You know, openly apply for a job. Two things to look out for with Borough. They've only picked one point up in six away games. So that's a, a bit of a frightening stat for me. That's going to change at some point. And also, Ashley Fletcher, former Borough player, ripped the championship up when he was playing for Borough. Johnny mentioned to me they're a little bit fearful of... Fletcher coming on as a late substitute and banging the winner in. So I said, like I said to him, I hope, I hope that's the case. The referee for Wednesday's game against Middlesbrough will be Lee Doty from Freckleton. He's in his fourth season as a referee in the Football League. Three of those seasons have been in select group two. He's had one previous lattice game, which was last season in the EFL Cup at home to Sunderland, which we lost 2-1. And he booked Guion Edwards. Lee Doty's refereed Borough three times, all of which were last season. And the last one was in April, which was a 4-0 away win at Peterborough. And his card watch this season, he's taken charge of nine games, seven of which have been in the Championship, and he's issued 36 yellows, two reds, and awarded three penalties. So we've played Middlesbrough 19 times, winning two, losing eight times, and we've made two draws. Uh, the first meeting came on the 30th of August, 1986, which was a 2-0 defeat in Division 3 at Springfield Park. It would take us 20 years for us to get our first win. January 2006, and a last-minute Neil Mellor goal to give us a 2-3 victory in the Premier League. And our only win over Middlesbrough came in August 2007. Antoine Sibierski's 55th-minute goal to get us all three points. Meetings that followed, that win, drawn six and lost five. 
really, really poor record against Borough. Only, only two wins, only one at home as well. What is it with these northeastern clubs and Wigan Athletic? Apart from that, that win up at the Riverside, I mean, I've been up there and it was a drab nil nil when I went. But but that win, that three two win, when Neil Mellor scored that last minute goal, I think it, it was on his debut as well. That nothing else stands out. I remember we played them the week before we had Sheffield United away. In that 2006-07 season, Mark Vaduka scored a, a really soft free kick, which was, we, and everybody sort of believed we were getting relegated then until the magic of, of, of the following Sunday away at, at Ramall Lane. Always a strange, strange team to play against Borough for us. Shall we do some predictions? Johnny's gone for one apiece, the Borough prediction. I think there might be a couple of changes in the team for this one, just to rest players because we've got a big match on Saturday as well against Watford, so they're coming thick and fast now. I don't know what them changes will be. More than likely, Charlie Wyke and Josh McGuinness swapping places, and, and perhaps somebody in midfield might be uh, rested as well. I'm going to go for for a 1-0 Wigan Athletic win. Oh, Barry, I, I think same as you. I think there'll be a, a couple of changes. I think he'll drop, well, he'll, he'll take Charlie off and, and most probably put McGuinness back up front. But I think we'll get a, a 2-1 win on Wednesday. We want to get back on the bus, don't we? Back on the winning bus. Get the Believe bus fired up again. I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. They're, they're definitely fragile, aren't they? So we start fast, get in front and cruise on to a, a, a win that never looks like anything but. Especially for your point, uh, Lee Catterall as manager. <laughs> I know John is very fearful of that, that happening as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, before we finish, uh, just a couple of things. I'll, first of all, I'd just like to thank once again uh, Johnny Bullock from the Borough Breakdown podcast for joining us. Excellent little interview with him this afternoon. Also, sad to report that Martha Owen, who is the mother of Lynn Walker and mother-in-law of Damien Walker, sadly passed away about a week ago now. Also, Meg, Meg Walker's grandma and Sam, Meg and Sam, uh, Lassic supporter all her life, home and away. She was uh, just short of her 93rd birthday, uh, unfortunately. She, she took ill. Her funeral is on Wednesday, the same day as the Middlesbrough game, so it would be fitting if we can beat Middlesbrough in, in her honour. Sad news to report there. I'd just like to thank Sean for making his debut. And it's been a pleasure thank having you. you on board, thank sir. You, I hope yeah. you've enjoyed it. Yeah. So don't don't forget this week we'll be uh we'll be back on Thursday rather than Wednesday because we're playing football on Wednesday. So we're all going to be looking forward to that. We'll have a, a reaction to the Borough game and also a preview of Saturday's visit of Watford. So another big game coming up at the DW Stadium. So until then, it's a, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Come on. Come on.